2: This lady says, can you guys discuss how the prevailing misogyny in our culture plus phenomena, like doodle tala? The
3: Iranians are like, oh, well, I'm a king, so it makes sense that our ruler's a king. <laughs> like, you know, like, imagine how his mother is. She's like, <laughs>
4: we're here with Adley the infamous Adli, my brother we have Muhammad, who's in Tehran oh with his cat Gorbe Yep. oh like, so wow. cute there or something what and then
3: insane. with mm.
4: Natalie
3: so what do go ahead sorry i'm just trying to ask Natalie all these oh
4: questions. no i love like not having to ask questions what are
3: so you packing much. for your trip
4: so oh okay well Natalie's going to Aruba this weekend
1: yeah Oh my god, it's such a mess, you don't understand. So basically this is a good segue into part of what one of our listeners wanted us to talk about, which is being in your first relationship and what it's like. I it no matter like how irresponsible I am, I think boys are always going to be more irresponsible. Like we for some reason neither of us realize that we probably Have to get COVID tested before going to Aruba, and his mom was like, "Oh, like, did you guys read up on the rules for traveling to Aruba?" We're like, "No, what rules? What like, what are you talking about?" And she's like, "Are are you guys serious? You probably have to like get tested, like all these things." And we're like, "What? Like, like I don't know what planet I'm living on. That this didn't occur to me by myself." But then, like, we were reading all these rules. It's like, oh my god! Not only do you have to get tested, but Aruba only like. Accepts a specific type of test. So, like, it, like being in a relationship, I realized like it's like having like a dumb son. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I agree with that actually. Um, um, but I always thought like there could be nobody who's like more of an airhead and more responsible than I am. And then like I got into a relationship and then I realized we're kind of
4: into like the conversation about like different types of intelligence, like not you know you could be with someone who's a philosopher who's like a great mind and and they're still gonna be not always but like do you know what i mean you could be with someone who's like kind of your average idiot but he'll be really emotionally intelligent and responsible and then oh yeah like he's way more emotionally he's way more emotionally intelligent than i am and like he's also
1: so driven like he's like running like five different like side businesses right now
4: um all right. I'll and least, then sometimes... I'll the way I'm sitting on this leather chair because I'm damaging it. Just- oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh Yeah, but he's definitely way more emotionally
1: intelligent than I am. But, like, when it comes to certain things, like, like, I never wanted to be the type of girlfriend that had to, like, push my boyfriend to do things and be like, oh, like, you should really be more responsible and you should get this done and blah, blah, blah. And then, like... No matter how much you don't want to be that person, I guess sometimes like other people force you to be that person. So that's how relationships are going so far. But yeah, what am I packing for Aruba? I don't know. Apparently the weather is like your weather in LA, unlike New York, that we're like freezing in like below 40 degree weather.
3: Why why Aruba out of all the islands?
1: Well, we were gonna go we're gonna be really basic and go, um, to tulum just like the rest of the world um but apparently to go to tulum like you have to drive an hour out of the airport and we're like that's kind of like stupid like we're only going for like four to five days and it's like spending a whole hour of the day like after the flight
4: what That that was just something we, you know, with your upcoming trip to Aruba, you know, you being a Natalie, we've just been thinking a lot about Natalie Holloway, the um, oh 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 my god, high school. (gasps) Was that in Aruba? That was Aruba, yeah. Oh
1: my god, I remember Natalie Holloway. I think that happened when we, Millie, when we were like nine. When she disappeared? Yeah, yeah, it was shortly after 9-11. Yeah, it was, it was like the happen. next- Oh my God, I remember that. Wow, well, thank you for reminding me of something so horrible.
3: I mean, that's yeah, basically why I came on for. the episode was because <laughs> I'm, I'm actually kind of an expert in that whole saga tragedy.
4: Yeah. So like, because I told Adley, like, he's like, Oh, what are you doing this week's episode? And I'm like, Oh, we're going to talk about like what's happening with Natalie's life. And she's going to Aruba with her boyfriend. And then he was like, Oh my God, Natalie Holloway. Yeah. And um then it, then it, uh you know, Mohammed also wanted to come in to talk about Natalie Holloway. <laughs> you know, because he's a, a you know, diplomatic ties to, <laughs> well you're yeah, not
3: very
2: strong <laughs> I, with the um. No. No, absolutely not. I thought our was in Europe.
1: We did. <laughs> Do you guys
2: the Dutch East Indies.
1: Do you guys Sorry, know what? what hotel Natalie was staying in? Um I um, don't At- you must, At- must, look you look must know. Yeah,
3: I was supposed to look this up. Uh, wow,
4: you've completely failed me. <laughs> <laughs> you're not, you're like Dr. Fauci, <laughs> yeah, like, I had to my- be oh like, actually just an allergist, yeah,
3: <laughs> not
4: well, well, I, I guess know. like we were talking about how it's peculiar that she was killed by these Dutch men because, like, I didn't like you would never associate Dutch men or like Dutch people with being murderous, so that was, I think. When we found that out, like, as a kid, I was confused by that. I was like, oh, really Dutch people?
1: Wait, so I don't even remember what happened in that. They solved it like years later, but like, so yeah. it wasn't that guy. So should we do a she refresher? went to the beach with, yeah.
4: No, it was that guy, okay, tough- I'm sorry. Oh, he, he <laughs> was Dutch?
3: It was, it was Van Der Sluis. yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, but hopefully I come back from Aruba and I don't end up the next Natalie.
3: No. And can you, you
1: imagine I mean, instead Natalie of Natalie Holloway, fine. like the 2020 version, Natalie Sanandachi? Yeah, you're
3: you you should yeah at we least,
1: need to capitalize. I feel like at least go, go
3: missing for two at least go missing for two days.
1: Yeah. Oh my god our go podcast will get take so many followers. and don't
3: come back.
1: And oh my then, god we'll oh probably man. start making money off the podcast. What yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just you disappear for Natalie. two years. I'll disappear for like two years. Sense. You refuse
3: to do a sex tape, okay? You're in a relationship, but you refuse to do a sex tape, okay? So, what are you doing <laughs> for the podcast? Nothing. Yeah,
4: okay? you have to go missing.
1: I'm so sorry. I'm not Kim Kardashian enough for you. But yeah, if I go missing, really, I can go missing for like two years. And then you can, when the podcast starts to make money, you can just like wire me money to whatever island I choose to stay on. Well that's not well, I, I would say like three
2: weeks is good enough. Uh if you want to go missing for the sake of uh the podcast, three weeks is good enough.
1: You think? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, two
2: I think years. So. I mean if you want to take a two year off of whatever you're doing, I mean it's fine, but uh <laughs> maximum a month. And uh I don't know, I feel like the up.
1: longer I go missing, the more like sponsorships we're gonna get. Even just, like, as a, like, bad back for Millie, like, help her find Natalie.
4: Like, people are going to start doing GoFundMes, like... Yeah, change the like, word petition. Well, so, we received, like, a strange message on Instagram. And I thought it would be... Well, you thought, Natalie, it would be interesting to have one of our listeners read this question a You mean one of our guests? Yeah, so I sent the the screenshot over to you, Mohammed. if you want to read it out loud and we can kind of hear both of your thoughts on.
2: I do apologize for my bad reading and dyslexic errors. So uh, this lady says, can you guys discuss how the prevailing misogyny in our culture plus phenomena like doodle tala? make men in our community feel no urgency to date seriously and thus treat women with minimal levels of uh, respect and decency because they they feel like they can date until, quote, until I'm 40 and no one will judge me, end quote. Also, can you discuss why our culture deems it okay to have 10 plus a gaps between men and women and how this further enables men to act like idiots.
4: Okay, I'll wanna read the rest of the like So I it see... doesn't end there. Uh she yeah. also says
3: Death to the Persian patriarchy and their annoying helicopter moms. Well that's something my own mother would say my mother does really good impersonations of certain kinds of Persian mothers. Actually, we should really bring her here to impersonate one in particular. In and okay, yeah. now so I'm going back, back to, to the message. Yeah. Of this, of this young woman, in my opinion, in order to dismantle the Persian patriarchy, one must dethrone the Persian mamans. They empower their sons to act like a fool by telling them this nonsense from an early age and then manipulating their dating lives. LOL. Okay. I'm done. Thank you for listening to my rant. Um, Okay, you guys go ahead, because my things will be more auxiliary.
4: Well, I think it's interesting that we always get messages. I know like they're supposed to respond because they're guys. And it's like interesting that she's saying this about Persian men. We have two Persian men on. Okay, whatever. yeah i mean to this person like have you not listened to our podcast this is literally the premise of our podcast like oh, it been- yeah, we we've oh, yeah we've we gotten so like many all we discussed for the past 50 episodes i think two episodes ago was our 50th episode by the way so
1: oh wow oh, fast. Yeah. yeah um but i think we've literally discussed this since episode one and like i remember like we really went into it in episode two or three whichever one Tijuana want to pick picnic was and since then we just kept going on and on like
4: and yeah got have like so amazing, many messages
1: like this
4: version girl podcast so yeah this is not
1: the first time we've gotten a message like this and it's just like have you listened to a single episode
3: okay you guys are trashing your own fans. she wrote you guys the question if you feel that strongly why are you reading the question
1: well because i i wanted to have guys respond to it i wanted to have the doodle tell us themselves yeah. Not to call you guys doodle Tellas, but like I'm sure you have doodala so, so is Persian okay. Yeah,
3: so I think my my initial thought is I'm sure this woman is herself going to raise such a son. And the reason <laughs> that when you have a son from a young age, you very much see as a mother of the world a different way. Particularly this idea that Kind of everyone in the world is against your son, and therefore, you need to make sure that he knows that he's special. Because if he doesn't have that high level of self esteem, then he's never going to try to do anything, whether it's making money or which is probably 90% of what they're thinking, but the, you know, the other 10%, he won't even bother achieving greatness and so they're not so much concerned with the how this will play out in his personality hence i think she would be surprised to know that the mother may be kind of viewing his dating behavior as an externality but her biggest priority as a persian iranian mom is whether by the way from what i understand looking at um sorab amari's uh like tweet Twitter account for years because he, he says a lot about this. Um, I think Mohammed, you know who he is. He's now a columnist at the New York Post. Um, so yeah, I don't so so not his things. Um,
4: this is the one who converted
3: I don't know if it's okay Sam. Because of the Zooms. Okay, okay, no, okay. What are yeah. you were
4: talking about, Sora? What are you talking oh, about? Oh, okay,
3: no, I just, okay. Well, okay. Yeah. No, you we're
4: talking about a famous journalist. Okay, but in Iran
3: is very blasphemous.
4: Well, this isn't being, like, okay. distributed in Iran. Okay. I mean, if it happens to, that's not, it's beyond our I mean, obviously, Mohammed um, would never
3: do such a thing. But, yeah, so Sora converted to Catholicism and wrote a book about it, which has been very well-reviewed um, in, in the blasphemous
2: West. Um, well, if I ever wanted to convert to Catholicism, it would be um, for priesthood, so I can get one of those colors. Yeah, and, like carry a book and stuff like that. I mean, for a couple of days, it would be a photo op for me. And, uh, yeah, well, be. it would be an excuse
4: for like why you constantly are talking so
2: much. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like, no, right. I have to. I have to. So,
3: so, but he talks a lot about how, for example. Um, Iran is a dysfunctional country, but Iranians really well outside of Iran. Um, And and that's because they have this shah complex that they're also a king. Um, But
1: wait, I never thought of like calling it that the Shah complex. Yeah, that, that's yeah. what he
3: calls it yeah that every oh, I love that I want to read where every boy is born a king. And, and he actually says that's why Iran, despite historically being a very advanced and literate society, did not really have interest in democracy. It's because to them, monarchy was the familial unit. So um, the reason it makes sense to have a king, the same way in France, democracy is so natural because they're a very democratic culture in many ways, yeah. because of Catholicism, the Iranians were like, oh, well, I'm a king, so it makes sense that our ruler's a king. So the, she's meeting, or whatever, in her in this listener's atmosphere, there's a lot of these boys, many of whom are people I know personally, I mean, or whatever, uh, and they have this personality where they're alienated from, like virtually everything around them, except their own glory. And she sees this as their mother kind of conspiratorially saying, oh, well, because you're my son, I think it's okay that you have antisocial, exploitative, disingenuous relationships with women on all levels, whether it's because you're avoiding them, whether it's because you're using them for something, right? But I think from this mother and son point of view, they're not even really thinking about that. It's more like these are things that are happening like peripherally, and they're just super focused on the son becoming like uh the CEO of Uber Darius mm-hmm. so oh, Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Who is maybe like an archetypical Iranian CEO because he's like the head of a company that loses like a billion dollars a day but he seems to be quite happy <laughs> like, you know, I mean, like imagine how his mother is she's like the jana mega yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah
3: yeah تو لازم دارن اگه،, اگه تو سی ای او نبودی اصلا اینا تو کورت بودن گاورمنتش شاد دونشون میکرده وگرد no, در در <laughs> کاملا گرفتی بره پروپ 22 من لخره امروکایی گفتن یس yes, پروپ 22 حتی مادر گرفتی Testatus to drunk driving, uh, Kostesor, Ulam Mankov, other mothers against drunk driving, better problem. president, <laughs> that, uh, like they're gonna, you're gonna teach them. I wish my mother was here because she could imitate all of this. Well, way I mean,
4: also just. Uh, apologizing if the, if there's like any blasting music in the background. My parents are having a party, I guess, right now. It's like Wednesday. Night. It's oh, like I thought I heard vibrating.
1: It's, it's,
3: it's for five people. So it's actually four and, and a half people.
4: Yeah, it's ugly. four and a half.
3: Yeah, to meet the COVID guidelines. We're actually, we're not even at our house. We're at Napa again and we're at the French Laundry. We actually went yeah, there. But Millie didn't want her stalker with, to know. We're
4: chilling with Gavin Newsom and Nancy Pelosi at <laughs> yeah. the French Laundry. Yeah,
2: the French Laundry. Uh, so Anyway, but, uh, if I want to continue anything, I want to like, uh, tell you about, uh, tell everybody about the other side of the coin. Because uh, like at the same time, the mom would go to that Dariush and say, you can do better if you had done this and that and that one. Like you could have been a, the kink of Uber and yeah. probably she would have not understood that. Uber But do you, have a king. do you guys
1: ever think that maybe Persian parents like hype up their sons so much because they see it as their only opportunity to retire early because they're like, oh, if my son makes enough money, he's gonna take care of me. But my daughter, why do we have to hype her up? She's just gonna marry someone and go become someone else's slave. She's not gonna take care of us. So, like, they, like, hype up their sons so that their sons will make enough money to take care of them so they can, like, chill?
2: Uh, Well, according to what I see in here, uh, i got to say, no, that's not the case. Everybody hypes everybody. uh, Like, people hype their daughters, too. And uh, I wouldn't say, like, misogyny and, like, the air quote, phenomena is uh, is a prevailing thing. It is just showing up in your communities over there. It is something that is constantly going on here. So probably I'm thinking maybe the um, first generation and second generation immigrants, they're, they're kind of like feel they got to blend in the society and uh, they, don't, they don't want to come out as uh, misogynistic people, as people as a people. Um, But then like maybe the third generation and on, they forget. Yeah, while they're keeping the cultural values uh, in the community and uh, misogyny is a part of it.
4: Um, sorry, I'm just so <laughs> between like Gorbe meowing and the music. I'm sorry, I cannot stop no. that
2: because if oh, I put him in the I, room, like, it's, it's so kind good. of... Yeah, you know, no, it's like good. It. Like, these
4: are like ambient sounds. Yeah. It's great. It's, yeah. it, it's very Persian.
3: So, so, so I guess asking Natalie and Millie, do you feel like your parents didn't hype you enough or treat you like a uh, sh- uh, shabunet enough?
4: Um, um, Millie, you can go first because we actually have brothers. Yeah, yeah, that's a different thing. Uh, I, I think I was definitely hyped up. Uh, of course, like, there are nuances, like, you know, it's not just like, being a tala isn't just about being hyped up. It's also about like different treatment. But I think like, our mother, she had like, there was the way she had special treatment for each of us, like I have two brothers that kind of differed. So there were some areas in which she gave Adley special treatment. And then there were some areas where she gave special treatment for my middle brother. And then like, same with me. So it's, I don't really feel like with any of us, like I'm lacking in something. Um, there are some things I feel like she could have stressed more when raising me uh like I don't feel like there was an emphasis on my intelligence growing up, but I feel like maybe she just and Adley always likes to contest this. It just is fine, but it's like, oh Millie, oh, had me to like be evil and a bitch like no one was no one was saying I was stupid, but it was like I was only advanced in being like a psychopath. That was the way I felt like. I was regarded. So anyways, back to what I was saying is like, I, th- I feel like I'm behind in terms of like valuing my own thoughts and my words. And I think that's not just in the Persian community. I think like a lot of women feel that way. That's why like men always feel like, not again, not every man, but like it's
1: you could, a generalization. you could generalize
4: that most men feel like, oh, oh, everyone needs to hear what I have to say. I, I like, you know what I mean. Whereas I'm always like, mm, is it do I need? Does anyone need to hear this? Am I saying anything that important or a value? Whereas even like the most idiotic men are like, listen up, like I have this groundbreaking thing. Like there are a lot more men with podcasts, for example. Actually, I don't know anything about that. It. Is that true? Um, I like great news. So. But like yeah, so, anyway, yeah. I feel like I was hyped up. I don't.
3: Um. So so, just my speculation on most Persian families I've seen, um, elsewhere in terms of the what I think the hyping means for the daughters, which is, by the way, something really I don't think you receive, is they clearly have this kind of um, confidence about their. Being like almost a femme fatale.
4: Yeah. So I was, okay. Actually, I don't think I was hyped up. I think I was really loved and I was given a lot of attention, but I wasn't like, there were so many Persian girls I knew in middle school, or that's when I noticed I'm not being hyped up because they could like really look terrible and think they're a God's gift. Like these girls, yeah, they would walk around like they're Lauren Bacall, like they're some femme fatale. And it's like, you are gross. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be mean, but. And not just wearing, no like, not physically not it's not physically yeah, it's, it's just... like the way their demeanor was the yeah. way they treated people that's what i mean by gross i don't mean oh they were yeah. ugly their face looked like this i mean like as a person i knew a lot of gross persian girls who yeah they really thought they were the shit and i would come home and i would be like I'm like, mommy, how come you weren't, how come you didn't tell me, like, because their mom are constantly like, oh, like all this bullshit. And it's like, no, I didn't receive that. My mom is not like, she's not like that. She's not, you know. I mean, I didn't receive that either. Yeah, I think, I feel like we got kind of a similar thing. Like your mom gave you a lot of attention and like loved you. My
1: mom was obsessed with me, but she also shat on me because she wanted me to grow from it. Like she wouldn't shit on me because she wants to hurt my feelings. She would shit on me because she wants me to be honest with me. And she actually wants me to improve myself. But like, I can't, I have nothing. I can't really say what my parents would have been like if I had a brother. because I don't have brothers but I can say that though it is a generalization it's not false that like Persian families do more for their sons than their daughters or like like I don't know just an example like I've said this in multiple episodes but there was an episode where I mentioned some family friends of mine that threw their son a bar mitzvah but not their daughter because they're like, "Oh, for our son, it's important, but for our daughter, like whatever, and I had like multiple cousins reach out to me and be like, "Wow, I can't believe you shut on our family like that like like we care about our sister, like we she didn't get a bat Mitzvah because of blah 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 bullshit reason and i and like i t- I messaged them back, and I'm like, that story wasn't even about you, but this just proves." That, like, it's such a common pattern in, like, Persian culture and Persian families that, like, girls are just, like, I don't want to say looked down upon, but they're just, like, kind of looked over. Like, they're just, like, kind of, like,
4: forgotten sometimes.
3: No, Natalie, I think you're just completely mistaken about the, the reality of...
4: I don't uh, think there is one reality. I'm sorry. No, I, think I mean the larger
3: like... reality. No, I'm not saying what you're saying is wrong. I'm just saying the stakes for, you know... Ultimately, as the, the the Persian diaspora, whether it's Sweden, Switzerland, or New York, is is really centered around material success, and there's just there's just no uh, f- for any culture anywhere kind of cultural infrastructure around women kind of taking like a, any kind of self annihilating risk to uh, make the amount of money necessary to generate any kind of status. Um, and what, when you're seeing this kind of like attention to a boy or whatever, in in certain kinds of families, and when it's correlated against those who are like, with those who are more lower income, it's like, they're only shot out of queens or somewhere that's not attractive to them is not the $200,000 salary of a woman who's a lawyer. It's someone making millions and millions of dollars. And um, obviously, I'm not trying to say there's not been a ton of women who have done that, like I'm just thinking off the top of my head, this Estee Lauder, who spawned a very long dynasty. Uh, But in in general, when they see the world that way, they know that their daughter going to grad school and getting a six figure income, they're not gonna be able to compete with their cousins and stuff. It's just, in terms of just the, the higher kind of, even when I'm thinking of my own childhood with those who were more established and more American than us in elementary school, and you were saying they were kind of already happy with their status, but if you're not happy with your status, there's no real vocabulary to tell your daughter like, oh, I think you should take like a lot of um, really potentially dead end risks with your life and kind of develop this persona where you're willing to maybe go bankruptcy and deal with that and come out of it and all these things. And it's not their fault for not knowing how to inoculate that. They just kind of know is like, okay, to be really rich, you have to do something really insane And that means I don't know how to communicate that to my daughter. It's not really about intelligence. And they'll be the first ones to say that even more vividly than I do, but it has something to do with kind of like gambling your life. And I feel uncomfortable making my daughter do that, but I'm kind of okay making my son do that. And that's kind of like Mm -hmm. the same thing with like countries sending their sons to war, right? Like, It's like we're kind of more comfortable sacrificing collectively men's lives than women's lives, but I don't think it's a question of value or a statement of intelligence. I just think it has to do with this idea of not knowing how to communicate the risks and rewards to the girls and that's something that hasn't been able to transition from The industrial era, pre-industrial era to today, where hypothetically, yeah, a girl could take risk. It's not going to even affect her marrying. What guy cares if a girl declared bankruptcy on her startup? That's not even anything you would care about.
4: I mean, I think it does go back to value, but like just quickly. Um, I agree with what you're saying, but I don't think that always correlates with why like sons are hyped up more. But back to what you were saying, like that, it's people are more comfortable sacrificing the lives of men. They're more comfortable. It ha- does have, it goes back to value because the value. Yeah. Women have more value and how I measure value is in terms of the family and women have the most value in the family we are the ones who are actually giving birth and we are the ones who are much more influential. We are the ones who, you know, our intelligence is the one that passes on to our child from what I understand. Yeah, but
1: women are seen as a burden on a family while
4: I sons think are seen really as an, an asset. People, because women actually run families. But yeah. No, what, women run other people's
1: families. That's like, that's where you're mistaken. I women don't, don't stay home and take care of their parents. When parents get old, who do they live with? They usually live with their son's family. Why do you think women always hate their in-laws? Because a woman is always stuck with her husband's parents. Like I feel like families generally see their daughter as someone who is a burden while she's with them. And eventually, they thank someone else for taking on their burden. While sons are seen as an asset. Because sons are seen as someone that's going to take care of them in their old age.
4: But that, like, what I was trying to say from, like, an objective thing is, like, that that means that men are actually dehumanized in this process. And I was, again, yeah. not speaking from a Persian cultural point of view, but like if it. we're just removing ourselves from that part and assessing what's actually happening, it's that women have much more value here. And that's why they can't send them to war to, you know, mm-hmm. develop, like, you know, become a developer or, or whatever that's going to make them their millions and billions. Um, because they're at the front lines of creating the next generation that will foster the next thing. And it's like, why do we give so much like value to being successful? Like this is such an American thing. Like, why does that make you feel dignified that like you went and sold your soul and made a bunch of money off of who? Yeah. For what? Yeah,
3: exactly. That's the thing. It's like, like, yeah,
4: no, I'm you, you go out there and do that. Like, yeah, I am going to get my graduate degree and like chill here. So thank you. Bye. Yeah, the problem. i'm like, yeah, media. I'll pop out some babies and manipulate them and make them like you know treat them like the shaw whatever. I'm down with <laughs> that. Um, Bye. I'm, Bye.
3: I'm, I'm proud. I'm little... my mother controls my mind. I don't. I I don't care. I mean, I'm the first to admit it. Like everything I'm saying was inoculated. Like. I'm totally fine. Like control our
4: minds, thing. but just do it, like do it for, you know, for a good.
3: And I shouldn't cause. be in charge of any family. My children would die in like three days. I mean, besides <laughs> that, I, 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 yeah, you know, I, yeah,
4: even when Adley eats, I'm just like, oh my God, he's not holding it. Like I was afraid of like your salad dressing, spilling everyone you're eating salad. And I was like, wow, I would be, if I act like this over my brother, God knows how I'm going to be like with my husband or child. I'm just like constantly supervising and. Chaperoning, but it's like it's not a burden for me. This is just how I am. It's not like extra energy. I have to exert. It's just like I'm on top of it. And like that comes sometimes with being a woman. Of course, there are exceptions, but
2: um I'm sorry, going back to what you said, Natalie, about like uh, women being a burden and uh What they're taking that they staying with their husband's uh parents. Well, from Anecdotal examples. And uh, from what I see from the culture here in Iran, that is not necessarily true everywhere. I mean, we have all kinds of people. I'm not denying that there are people who are absolutely willing to get rid of their daughters at any point, um, even if it means they marry them to someone while they're still underage. And that happens. Uh, But I'm seeing families uh, with daughters and sons, and they absolutely value their daughters over their sons, but uh, they're overprotective of them at the same time. So they're paying tuition fee. The university expenses for their daughters, but they say, okay, well, you're a, you're a man. Go work, earn your own money. We're not going to pay for that. Uh, we're not going to pay rent for you if you're living in another city. If you can't do it, just go get a job. Don't go to university. I've seen that. Uh, while in the same family like uh, another parent uh would like buy her son an apartment a car a uh I don't and like all pay for all the furniture pay for all the expenses while their daughters they have to actually work and uh pay their pay their own rate uh, rent and get their own car and pay for it for their own gas and uh, so an absolute example of that doodle tala thing that happens all around. But, uh, it depends like, uh, what kind of family you're dealing with. And it's not a cultural norm here that you got to get rid of your daughters.
4: But at the same time, actually, like me and you, Mohammed, were talking about how women, they date only to get married because they can't go live alone. I mean, that's what you were telling me about women in Iran. So. A
2: lot of people. Yeah. For a lot of people that is the case. Yes.
4: Yeah. So it's not about like with what the, that's not related to the family dynamics. That's just kind of like the law in a way. No, it's not like an enforced law, but that's just the the structure there. Actually
2: that, that is, that could also be a part of uh, whatever that is happening in the family because uh, living, not being able to live live alone. In many cases I see the pressure is not coming from the law enforcement or the government or religion or, even fathers like, or brothers, I mean, uh, like I, the, the, in, in a lot of cases, a lot of these pressures, they come from other women in their families, grandmothers and mothers and sisters, cousins, uh, who are female. And they're always, they keep telling like, they keep telling them that you're doing the wrong thing and moving to another city. Like, uh, you should stick to your family. You should get married. If you, if you study, you won't be able to get a husband because you get old. And I, I'm hearing these stuff. So um, I would say law here and religion are uh, not the top factors for uh, women who want to get married to run away from whatever trouble they're in or the, the problems they have with their situation, with their families and societies.
4: Oh, okay. So that is within the family then? That
2: partly, partly, of course. I mean... Uh, also, it depends where you live because in Tehran nobody cares except for your uh, like immediate neighbor. Nobody cares like uh, who's living in that apartment and what they're doing. But uh, like you go to like uh, if you go to Kashan or you go to Yazd, definitely Tabriz. Uh, everybody has to know what's going on in your apartment. Everybody has to know uh, what is the relationship between you and the people who are knocking on your door. They report you to the police at 4 a.m. in the morning. So They've got nothing better to do as you. And So, yeah. That I mean, makes so much are, sense considering
1: my dad's family is from Kashan.
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs> so They know. They know. They know how Kashan is. I, I used to work in Kashan, and uh, so did my mom. So I, I have a history with Kashis. So uh, I got up the bus in the bus terminal, and I got this cab to go to work. And it's uh, <clears throat> because I was going from Tehran like a couple of days a week. So I got this cab and we, uh, he started talking and he said like, yeah, I saw you last week with this other cab that was, I was, I, was, I didn't even remember. Like, so he, he remembered me getting on a different cab the,
1: oh my God. Uh,
2: the, the week before. So that's the, that's the level of Fuzuli you get there. So I, I point, hear yeah.
1: like the stereotype for Kashi is like maybe Fuzuli and also like Tarsud. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah Where do these stereotypes come from? I think it's so funny that different cities like have their own like stereotype. Well, Meanwhile, my father was like everyone in my dad's generation, like all the people his, his cousins his age were all born and raised in Tehran. They weren't even from Kashan, but they say that they're still Kashi. Like I think that's so funny. Like you guys didn't even live there. You like you all lived in Tehran. I'm <laughs> not sure that
2: those are stereotypes. I'm sorry, Adley, but uh because we had this appointment with this kashi person and he was coming from Kaushan, and he was like a, about an hour and a half late and uh <laughs> and he was pale and scared and he couldn't talk and we kind of like we had to uh like massage him and give him like sweet tea to make him feel better <laughs> and explained to us he was about to have a car crash on the way here so he had to pull over and wait for an hour before he could drive again and oh my uh, god <laughs> and he was still scared. So I say shout out to all the Kashis. Car- you are Tarsu. So,
4: <laughs> well, um I, I think maybe we should have you and David come back on for an episode to discuss uh, the different stereotypes from the different uh, cities in Iran. I would oh, yeah, that
1: sounds so. like a good episode. I would love to compare the stereotypes in Iran to the stereotypes we have here in America. Cause like in America, we also have certain stereotypes for certain cities. And I want to see if they're, if they align with all the stereotypes in Iran. for
2: certain cities. Sure, uh, Like Persian Americans have preserved the stereotypes better than we did. I mean, it's been, uh, if anything, oh, yeah. we have, you know, like, yeah. If anything, we have, evolved those stereotypes a little bit maybe
1: and but we've just like held on to them pretty much yeah. i
3: Wait, think so for s you guys have evolved because that one seems pretty like set in stone to me well Wait. we tried to evolve they didn't <laughs> okay so yeah so i am right the s one is still accurate
1: one one um, s one is that they all have like lists. so my mom every time she say s she say f funny like yeah
0: <laughs> they don't
4: say khuda, they say like chiz well no there's like a dialect within Esfahan that's like yeah like, yeah like all these things yeah i'm part Esfahani. if <laughs> that helps <Yeah. laughs> explain why I... so
1: and mashadis marry their own siblings yeah is that still stereotyping iran okay
2: uh, we've gotta i've never this. heard of we've it
4: save this for this is like a little preview yeah for yeah. that all
2: that. okay, yeah. right, that's a good thing. Actually, my family's from all over Iran. I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm just like a bunch of calls away from doing a complete academic research.
4: <laughs> but did we, did you guys, you know, say everything you wanted to say in response to that thing we read from our... No,
3: no. I. No, oh, we're, we're not even, we we haven't
2: even finished the first paragraph, I guess. She
3: disagrees with what we said. She should feel free. I didn't, I, I don't, I'm not going to be presumptuous. I mean, I ended the debate she started... I, well, now, I mean, the
4: person who wrote that isn't here to like contest. No, I'm saying, but if she yeah. would
3: like to respond with more messages to you, I welcome that. I mean, because I don't think I gave the response that she was kind of looking for. I kind of talked about it from this whole other angle. I didn't mean to like... Well, I
4: think if the angle that you didn't address is the one that is what kind of me and Natalie said in the beginning, which like we, we weren't trying to sound mean, but it's just like, yeah, join the club. We've been talking about this since january of 2019
1: so oh
2: my god um yeah let me quickly go through this first paragraph because uh well everybody knows everybody can like all males can uh date until they're 40 and even more if you got enough money of course Uh, um but the that is not the case about iranians the age gap i have like uh at least three friends from australia america and uh, the, the other one is also white who has got like a nine who has who have a nine to eleven years of age gap um and they're they're not uh culturally or religiously conservatives they're like they're some of the most progressive people i know so uh that is not that has nothing to do with like misogyny or helicopter moms and stuff like that. And uh, <laughs> so, or like being gay, well, gay today until they're 40, it's just like they- No, I find out.
4: Whoa, cool. I mean, Adley, God. I can't believe you.
2: What?
3: Sorry, okay. I said Kobe Bryant, if he had, had a helicopter mom, he would be fine <laughs> <alive>. So, So <laughs> everyone's going to find the helicopter moms, but then, okay, then don't <laughs> take a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: well- well, I think I would I would comment on that if it wasn't with his daughter. But anyway. you're not famous enough to die in a helicopter crash, Natalie. So if
3: you're Aruba, no, none of those. Like, oh, three hundred dollars. Look at the Caribbean from the helicopter. We're not not really <coughs> of that. Yeah, you're
4: either you're... going
3: missing or you're staying put. No actual. Thought. Yeah,
4: yeah. You can't. You can't abandon me. Yeah. There's no. helicopter (laughs) to car no i mean i
3: actually this i i I, someone was describing someone who does sound just like natalie so i actually i think we should meet her but lives on burden way but
4: oh you met at la natalie
3: no i someone was describing someone who sounded like natalie so if natalie dies we actually could replace her now
1: wow thanks Natalie. i don't think i'm that replaceable but
3: okay okay that's what kobe said and then they found lebron
0: Adelaide.
4: Oh my god! <laughs> okay,
2: uh, I'm canceling. Yeah. Oh, uh, I mean things have never. Mind. I'm going to stop. So, um, I'm I'm thinking maybe we should we should all go with Natalie, just to make sure that you're gonna. Yeah, I think.
4: Yeah, we've concluded that we're actually you,
1: all going to. You Aruba. guys want to all join me on my first couple trip, in my first relationship to Aruba. Uh,
2: not necessarily join you but go with you and we'll we're gonna the distance spy on you we're all nice gonna be your
4: helicopter mom yeah
3: uh, to Adley to see.
1: <laughs> if so. you're gonna be real helicopter moms, can you guys like also cook for me and like bring the food to my door and like cut it for me and feed it to me
4: i actually no. i had such a intense day i've just been cooking and actually like pre- yeah washing sabzi preparing it and i made like all of this stuff for my mom's friend. Like my mom didn't even. All I've done today is like again participate in like espionage. For, oh, I guess I shouldn't. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's <too> early. <laughs>
4: okay, it's too early. I'm helping Adley with a personal project, and um, then help my mom with her personal projects of throwing parties. And
3: yeah, overall it was a very Iranian day.
4: Yeah, it felt very Persian. Yeah, it was
3: like the Mrs. Dalloway of being Persian. Maybe yeah, that's so any, should write: the Persian Mrs. Dalloway.
4: Well, I, ha- I have a billion
3: to. dollar novel idea, Mohammed. If you want to write it, you could go
4: ahead.
3: <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not, not at the novel
4: writing today. stage of my life yet, but uh, yeah. I'm just in the like podcast shit posting phase. But I'll let you know when I get there. <laughs> uh, yeah, any concluding thoughts on Aruba? I don't know. I just to... Did we say everything there was to say?
2: Yeah, avoid Dutch guys, don't get on helicopters. Avoid Dutch and them, so. yeah.
1: don't get on helicopters okay check check hopefully well, i'm still going reviewing
4: your trip in the next episode It's something for if everyone to look together. forward to yeah, if, yeah. <laughs>
1: if you're alive um, if you're still... we we survived 10 days in quarantine together i'm pretty sure we could survive five days on the next okay day that doesn't then. come out
3: because all you did is probably have sex
2: so <laughs> <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> <laughs> 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 Like, <laughs> see, now yeah, i see mean, Natalie, imagine if he was your co-host. Day, Look that at would the be that.
3: amazing, but you've been together for like five weeks, and then yeah, you quarantined.
4: How do you know how long they've been together? Oh my
1: god. <laughs> That's actually a very accurate timeline. By the time oh, I we were quarantining, it was like about a month and a half
4: yeah, or okay.
1: less, like five weeks. How did you know that?
4: Well, maybe is planning an anniversary party for you yeah. guys. That's oh, wow.
1: <laughs> I, I think tomorrows are too if you want to. Very
3: How you guys got COVID, not your.
1: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, Wiley, why don't you roast
4: Adley now? She
0: doesn't
4: I don't know
1: enough about Adley's I personal life, so but he seems to know everything about mine.
4: Yeah. <laughs> well, um. This was a good, this was like a B minus That's all, folks.
3: So. <laughs> Mohammed was the mo- was
2: the most entertaining. Uh and Toro like Well it's always good say, to I have Ashley on no as
4: like to give me. our listeners perspective that there's always someone bitchier than me or Natalie. So <laughs> 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 mm-hmm. I'm just trying well,
1: to We'll be back next week with Muhammad
4: and David to talk oh, about yeah. Christian <laughs> stereotypes.
0: Christian <laughs> stereotypes
4: yeah. But I'm just going to start inserting like the propaganda already now to like hashtag pray for Natalie, hashtag save Natalie. Yeah. So <laughs> check out our Patreon and yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. So. Dutch guys are creepy.
1: Yeah. The- Dutch guys are creepy and helicopters are not safe.
0: And helicopters are
4: not Another yeah. review on iTunes or whatever Apple Podcast vapid trash because we're like racist. Remember when we got trashed for like slamming Ashkenazi Jews? Oh my wow. god, yeah. we,
0: we, we, we
1: didn't just slam Ashkenazi Jews, we slammed like Ashkenazi, oh yeah, we Bukharians, Persians, we slammed everyone, yeah. <laughs> but
4: definitely an Ashkenazi
2: person wrote that. Let's oh, yeah, for so sure. like, yeah, before, <laughs> before writing any comment, go listen to every episode because. This is what apparently all of us do. We trash everything and everyone. So.
1: Yeah, That's we don't discriminate. Yeah. yeah,
4: we don't discriminate. We trash everyone.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
4: Nobody's safe. Well, I feel like this was really cleansing after the last two episodes where we were just being really healthy with, like, some life coaches. Like, we're just oh, here. Yeah we're stars they're just like <laughs> we're just like you guys so um remember that column in like us magazine stars they're just like us yeah yes uh, so oh we my Natalie, God. we're just like you guys we also <laughs> um we're just <laughs> as messed up as you so hopefully that's that's some sort of uh validation but it's
1: like the you. longest persian exit ever
4: i know a exit
1: <laughs> uh, well, that's,
4: that's an upcoming Ask an Iranian show yeah. podcast Mohammed is from so, Yeah we're, no, doing we're doing many really a podcast it's a town <laughs> And um yeah thank you for coming on Mohammad and Adley and uh we'll be back
1: anytime
2: bye, bye.